You're listening to the Collective Church Podcast. To learn more about the Collective Church in Portland, Oregon, and Vancouver, Washington, visit us online at thecollectivechurch.com. We're talking a lot these days about, I know it sounds funny to say, about prayer and fasting. And so I want you to, to know this morning, I'm just, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read some scriptures. We're going to open up the Bible. We're going to see not what the Bible has to say about prayer, because that would be too much. That would be a, a very long Sunday morning if we we're going to look at everything the Bible says about prayer. But we're, we're going to look at a few verses, and then I'm going to have Pastor Jenny come up here. But I think you need to know, um, you know, a good coach um, coaches in such a way that the players understand why the fundamentals are important. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't, you know, a good coach doesn't start teaching five and six year old, you know, 360 layups in the layup line and how to spin the ball on their finger and to all like those things, that, that stuff is irrelevant. A good coach is teaching how to dribble with both hands, how to make a layup, how to pass correctly, like all the fundamentals. And so, you know, prayer being one of the, one of the fundamentals of our faith and, and in, the, in, the, in its simplest form and the way that you can teach kids and the way that we taught our kids was prayer is talking with God. It's talking with God. It's having conversation with a God who loves us and who is for us and who hears us. And so, so number one this morning, we have to understand the, that prayer is powerful. If, if we're being called to do something, if we're being called to prayer, we have to know that it's effective, that he's hearing our prayers. We heard testimonies this week of a basketball team. Um, there, was, there was a whole basketball program that came out to camp and God is like massively at work. I think they're actually going to be in second service, just a whole bunch of them. And I don't know if you remember, but about 15 months ago, um, there was what was called the prayer square. Remember when we had the prayer square and Pastor Jenny did the thing? And it was, it was a, a square that we wrote, like four, had four quadrants on. And the power wasn't in the square. The power was in the prayer. But the square helped uh, to remind us what to pray for. And, and so, that how, so that we could be effective in our prayers. And so... You know, some people's prayer square was, you know, they're praying for themselves, their family, their church, their country, right? Just really, really helpful ways to just to go through. And underneath were prompts of, you know, what to pray for in those four quadrants. So there was a young man named Caleb who was at, at camp and about 15 months ago, he had started praying for his team, his basketball team. He, and he, they, he prayed every day with his prayer square, every day for his basketball team. Guess what? The whole basketball team showed up. They got radically touched. Some of them were baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, got saved. Then they were water baptized, like a whole team of them at once was water baptized, which was awesome to see. It was amazing. And so we have to understand that our prayers are powerful. You know, I think about some of the other stories that we heard at camp this week, it was people who were far from God, but moms and dads and grandparents were diligently, consistently, fervently, with faith, praying for the prodigals to return. And over time, God got a hold of their heart. God got a hold of their heart. Can I just tell you, uh, we're, we're walking through some, something right now, and I'm so excited to tell you what's on the, on the other side. I'm so excited when the miracle does happen to share it with you guys. But I can tell you that my family right now is in the middle of a miracle right now. It's in the middle of a miracle. And God gave us a prayer strategy for somebody very close to us in our family who, who walked away from the Lord, whose life, the, the poop literally hit the fan, sprayed everywhere, touched a lot of people, touched a whole community of people, impacted a lot of people's lives, and was actually like lifting his middle finger towards God. That's the posture of the heart. And so God gave my dad a prayer strategy and it was that shafts of light would begin to penetrate his heart. 
shafts of light would begin, like very, that's very specific. That's, you know, we don't see that in the Bible. We see that in Ephesians, actually. Paul prays that the eyes of their understanding would be open and that, that light would penetrate. The eyes of understanding. So it was a similar prayer to that. So we just started praying. We've been praying it for years now. And in those moments where we pray for, you know, Heather's got family members that she's contending for. She's got a brother and a sister-in-law that we are contending for. They are lost, lost, lost. Her brother is very dear to her. Her brother looks just like her. When I walk with her brother, people take a second take <laughs> and wonder if Heather is transitioning. Like it, like it is very dear to her heart. Come on, we live in Portland. We should all be, <laughs> stop. But very, very dear to her heart. Her heart, I mean, she, the, the heartbeat of God beats in my wife for her brother. So we're, we're legitimately praying. In those moments where, where we have those prayers for prodigals up from the stage, there's like, there is like a, I can just tell you, it's like an intercession. It's like going into the courtroom of heaven and pleading for them on pleading on their behalf. And this isn't, you know what, I will just edit this part out. We're praying for my brother. Y'all know that. I want to just tell you some things. And this stays, this is family. So if you ever meet my brother, be like, hey, my Ben told us about you. Don't do that. He's never been, he's actually never been to the collective before. But he will be. Um, so we've been praying for him. And you have, like, even when it feels, and you're going to hear about this in a minute, even when it feels like nothing is happening, something is happening. When it feels like nothing is happening, something is happening. Listen, angels are being dispatched. Angels are heeding the voice of the word of God as we pray the word of God over lost family members, over impossible situations. Angels are being dispatched to go and to move and to beckon on, on our behalf, on God's behalf. You have to believe that. You, so we have to believe, if we're going to be called to prayer, we have to believe that it works and that he hears us and that he loves us. And we're not trying to twist God's arm. We're not using his word to strong arm God and overcome his reluctance, but we're actually laying hold of his willingness. We're laying hold of his will as we pray his will. And some things aren't in our timing, and there's some things we don't understand. And, we'll, and we won't understand, but that does not allow me to reevaluate the goodness of God or to reevaluate if prayer works or not, because prayer works. So, so my brother is, again, this stays here. This is a family talk. He's in... Um, He's in therapy because of, of some things that happened, some very, very severe things that happened. So he started going to therapy and not, not a Christian therapy. There's no, he, he's not in a place where he would do that right now. So he's in therapy and we're praying, God, would you bust into his heart with, with light? Would shafts of light break into his heart? And that's the wording God gave us. Um. So he's going through guided meditation with his therapist. And we're like, oh no, guided meditation, that's demonic. That's evil, that's yucky. Yeah, sure, it is. There, there's some gross things about that for sure. But li listen, listen how God works. So he's on guided meditation. You know, go to your happy place, deep breaths, whatever's happening. And she's taking him on this guided meditation to discover self to discover self, to empty oneself, you know, and just, it's baloney. He's, he, she's, they're taking him up a mountain. So he's going up a mountain and he looks at me, Justin's telling me about this. And he looks at me and he says, Ben, he starts to get emotional. Starts, he starts, he starts, I can tell this is, I'm getting a glimpse of his true identity. This is, this is my brother who preached one of the most amazing messages I've ever heard about nine or 10 years ago, who fill, could fill in for my dad when my dad was gone. Incredible communicator. Incredible communicator. And 
he's, he's, he starts getting emotional. He said, every time we get to the top of the mountain, Jesus is waiting for me at the top. <laughs> you know what? You know what we've been praying? Shafts of light. Shafts of light would penetrate his heart. So Jesus is like, this ain't no thing. This guided meditation is not going to stop me from chasing this boy down. And in fact, I'm going to jump into the guided meditation and I'm going to take over and screw getting rid of all the, you know, discovering who you really are. I'm going to sit there at the top of the mountain and show him what he really needs and who he really is. So every time he goes to the top of the mountain, Jesus is there. Bless God. My mom went out on, on the boat with him the other day. And he had, he, had, he had a health scare recently. He had a dream. Very God gave it. I mean, so here God, God gets into his dreams now. God's, God's coming. By the way, our dreams, dreams are a language of God. They're a language of God. So he's, he's in a truck, and he's backing up a boat that's just full of stuff. And he can't go forward, and he can't go, but he's stuck on the ramp. How many know those who have boats or have had boats? That is a stressful, that's a stressful moment, and he's stuck. And he feels like, man, my trans, something's wrong with my transmission. I cannot, I can't. And he woke up and he said it was so vivid. He told my dad. And the Lord spoke to him in that through that dream that there's some stuff that he wanted my brother to lay down. Some some false comforts, some places that he was that he was medicating with. And so so he, he's been sober and he's been clear-minded. My mom went out fishing with him the other day on his boat and she said Hillsong worship was playing on the boat. And she, you know, my parents, they, they have not nagged. They have loved. They have, they have followed really the, the plan that God gave them. So they've just been supporting and loving and taking care of the kids. And she's on the boat and worship music's playing. <laughs> and my niece and nephew are worshiping and singing along to the worship songs. And he goes, yeah, I've, he goes, I've been, um, he owns an, he owns a, um, an auto glass shop in Juneau. He says, yeah, I've been playing this in my shop lately too. And you're like, wow, that is so lucky. It's <laughs> so lucky that Justin is now it's, is he hasn't turned back to Jesus yet, but he is turning. And guess what we're going to We're going to keep doing. We're going to double down on our prayer efforts. Why? Because we're seeing the power of prayer being manifest in my brother right now. Isn't that good? Again, if you ever meet him, you are not allowed to say anything I told you. I'm going to read a few passages and then Pastor Jenny is going to come up and she's going to kind of, the Lord gave her a dream to really make sense of kind of what I just of what I just shared. This is this uh, Colossians ch- uh, chapter four and verse two. This is devote yourselves to prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. So good. Devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Philippians four. Verse 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Remember we talked about remembering? Remember how we talked about remembering? A couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago? Remembering, thank, that's again, one of the roots of thankfulness is remembering what he's done. Recalling, recollecting, bringing it back before him. Then you will experience God's peace. After you do what? After you stop worrying, we start praying about everything, and we tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. By the way, worry is like a form of prayer. It, it's actually like a, it's a form of prayer, but it's based in fear. 
It's not based in fit. Prayer to the Heavenly Father is based in faith. So you're like, man, I just don't have time to, I just don't have time to pray. I guarantee you there's a lot of time to worry right now. And if we'll switch those things, and if we'll say, okay, we're not going to worry about anything, but we're going to pray about everything. You know, Ashton said something last night. He said, um, we were driving home, and he turned, he turned 19 yesterday, and Samuel Bishop Donnelly turned 18 yesterday, and Christy Butelman turned 50 today. Look at all these birthdays. Look at all these birthdays. We love you, Christy. We appreciate you so much. All you do. Your parents like you too. So much. You're amazing. But last night he said, he said, um, yeah, I don't feel good. I feel something coming on. And so I probably won't go to the first service. I'll probably just go to the second service. He stopped himself right after he said that. He goes, why am I already starting to worry? He goes, I'm not going to speak that. I'm going to be in first service. I was just telling on you, Ashton. Were you throwing up? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it was like, he stopped himself. He's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm actually worrying. It hasn't even happened yet. I've had people cancel on me days out because they're like, I think I'm going to be sick. I'm not kidding. That's like a, that's like a prayer worry. <laughs> like, Lord... I'm going to be sick. Amen. No, we're, we're, to, we're to stop worrying, pray about everything, then thank God for what he's done. And it says, then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Romans 12, 12. By the way, this is like, if you're like, Pastor Ben, I don't know what the will of God is for my life. Uh, read Romans 12. It literally spells out the will of God for your life. In fact, I'm just going to, re- I'm going to read a portion of it really quick here. It says, verse 9, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love each other with genuine affection, and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. And we'll say keep on. Praying. Keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. If you're like, I don't know what to do with my life, read that verse. Gives us a lot of direction and a lot of clarity. Okay, John 15, 7. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. You're like, man, that's a really dangerous prayer. Yeah, but it's not because we're actually in him and his words are in us. So the things that we're asking are according to his will. Okay. James 1, 5 through 7. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. Why? Because prayer works. He hears us. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask and be sure that your faith is in God alone, do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. James 5.16, this is what Taylor talked about. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. Why? Because the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Can I read it again? This is the earnest prayer of a righteous person. How many in here are righteous this morning? Every single person should have their hand in the air. If you're in Christ, if you're a son or a daughter of God, you're righteous. How many righteous people are in here? Every single hand should be up. The, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Did you hear what I said? I'm going to read it again because you didn't. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. In Jesus' name. Pastor Jenny, would you come? Thank you. Love talking about prayer. Okay, so Pastor Ben asked this morning if I would share this dream with you guys, and it was it was super powerful. It meant so much to me, and I knew it was going to encourage anybody that that heard this as well, but I just want to kind of give a little bit of context, you know, before I share this. So one thing I was thinking about as soon as he texted me this morning 
was about prayer. Okay, so we've heard that prayer is a conversation, right, with God. And really, that's, that is what it is, right? It's a conversation with God. But it's so much more than that. Because I can have a conversation with you kind of in passing or five, seven minutes, maybe in an hour. Maybe you go to coffee, have a conversation. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we were in collaboration. And so this morning the Lord said, yes, it's a conversation, but it's collaboration. And I know a lot of you don't have Instagram, but I'm going to use Instagram as an example, and I'll explain this to you. So on Instagram, it's mainly just photos. You know, it's photos and caption, and you scroll. You know, you just kind of, and you stop when something might look interesting. (laughs) Okay. And so that is Instagram. Well, they just added a feature not too long ago where if I make a post, before I post it, I can invite a collaborator. And so when I posted that Lou Engle was coming to her voice, I invited Lou Engle to collaborate. Now on his end, he gets a notification in his account. Jenny Donnelly has invited you to collaborate. You want to review what she posted. So you push review and you read it. And then you push accept if you want to accept the collaboration, which means the second you accept it, Lou Ingalls, all his followers are now in on that post because it will end up on his feed. So we did that a couple times. And what happened was my post wasn't just seen by the people following me. When they stopped to see what Lou Engle was up to, they saw my post. And a lot of us think that when we pray, we're hoping that God is scrolling and he stops and sees your prayer. Like, did it make it to him? Did it make it? You know, I posted it, (laughs) but I don't know if he saw it. You know, I put it out there in my heart, my mind, my mouth. But there's this kind of like, maybe, I'm, I'm not sure he actually took the prayer right? So this morning, God was saying that it is a conversation, but it is mainly collaboration. And I've collaborated with what you've put out there. It's on his account. It's not just seen by him and like, oh, that was cool. Oh, Kelly asked me for that. And she's, you know, looking for um, my next opportunity and all. That's awesome. And then kind of on to the next prayer. No, he's actually reviewed it, accepted it, and now it's on his heavenly account. It's posted, and it's seen by all of the angels that are now going to do their bidding to go to work on that post, okay? And then it's so much more intimate than what I'm saying, <laughs> right? Because... We are, we're in this oneness. We're, we're, we're collaborating in heart and mind. We're collaborating in desire. We're collaborating in the depths of the dreams that you don't even tell people because they're like ridiculous or maybe even outlandish or maybe uncalled for. You know, you're, you're allowing your, you, all these things that I'm using in such a surfacey way with Instagram, but, but take it off Instagram and take it to the depths of our being and know that. God wants to collaborate with you. He wants to like get in on this. He wants to take it as his own. He wants to take your prayer. Because when you look at somebody who's, you guys see posts all the time that are collaborated. You just didn't know that which one actually posted it. So our desires, there's a meshing together. It's like he's in on this, right? So what happened was, um, well, what's been happening to me for many, many, many years is I'll go through seasons. It's not, it's not constantly, which is probably good, but I'll go through seasons where I will wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like 90% awake and I'm planning. I'm, I'm trying to strategize how I'm going to get back to sleep or swing my feet over the bed, edge of the bed and get up and go pray. And I had to learn that. I had to learn it wasn't like hormonal interruption Okay, or whatever, insomnia and all that. It was um, the Holy Spirit wants to talk to me. And catching me not thinking is the best time for God to catch me. 
Okay. Because I am a thinker. I'm not a small talker. If you know anything about me, I need to read a book on how to small talk. I'm not a small talker. I'm a deep diver. And so the Lord um, tells me things really when my mind is most blank, right? Out of a dead sleep. <laughs> so, um, so I know that when I wake up in the middle of the night and all of a sudden it's like, I'm either going to lay here and fall back to sleep or I'm going to get up. I just know that those times are really, really precious. And I try my best to know how beneficial it is to get up. So while we were at camp, and, you know, camp is like, you know, really late, really early, and it's a blast. It's so much fun, especially when you see these kids just get completely wrecked. I mean, it's just crazy. So it's really, really awesome. Um, But I was in service, and I flipped open my Bible, and I had the message version for some reason. And because I don't read that very much anymore, but it was like, do you guys know the message version? You know, the language is just so like very, there's lots of room and space. (laughs) And so it was like, God, when you wake me up in the middle of the night, I'm not going to go back to sleep and throw the covers over my head and disobey you. I'm going to leap out of bed. You know, it was like one of those. And I was like, yes, God, that's so true. I can so resonate with that. You know, just that, like he was talking himself into getting up. (laughs) Right. And so that night, 5.30 rolls around, which when you're at camp, you're thinking, Jenny, you can get up at 5.30. But you got to remember, we went to bed at 1.30. Okay. So 5.30 came really fast. And here I was at that 90% awake. But there was 10% that was okay with staying in bed. (laughs) So I remember the Bible verse. I remember it, right? Because it was just, it was popping up and I was like, okay, so you want me to get up? Okay, well, I'm just going to lay here just for a couple more minutes. (laughs) And then all of a sudden I hear these words, I'm coming, I'm coming. Like, I'm coming, don't worry, I'm coming. It was like this song, it was like this melody. And it's over and over and over again. I think it's like trying to wake me up, right? Finally, I wake up and it's 8.30, which means you're late for the meeting in the morning for all the staff. And anyway, so I was like, oh, you know, so I was like, okay, well, that was that, right? So I didn't beat myself up. I'm way beyond that. I've lived through that. I've lived through beating myself up and wanting to be spiritual and then figuring out it's not about that. You know, it's just about my friend Jesus. And, um, and so I was like, okay, that was hilarious because you gave me that scripture. And then I went, eh. You know, and so I just said, okay, can we try that again? Let's try that again tomorrow. You know, because there's another night. We're gonna, I'm going to go to sleep again, right? So, um, and so the next night I am having this dream about Bianca and Jonathan, if you guys saw those, them at her voice. And, and I'm having a dream about them. And it's a dream that's almost like, like I'm being like shook awake, but they are like in my mind. And so I wake up almost as a sense of relief because I'm being like jostled in the dream. And so when I wake up, I am like, oh yeah, I'm getting up and praying for them and interceding for them. Because if I go back to sleep, I might get shook by that all over again. That was not fun. So I got up, went downstairs, sat down on on the carpet and um, just began praying for for Jonathan Bianca. And I didn't know exactly what I was praying for, but just prophetically what came, you know, what came and just kind of what I saw in the dream and just began praying. And then I, and part of the prayer for them was their anointing for the youth and for Gen Z. So I'm, I'm praying for them. And then I'm like, okay, in that same vein, here's all these campers on site, you know? So I'm starting to pray for the youth and praying for the kids and that kind of thing. And then it comes to my own kids. Now, if, you know, each of us could prioritize what we care about in life, right? You know, prayers that are like, yeah, God, if you, if, I mean, that's awesome if you do that. Then there's prayers that you're like, my life will amount to nothing if this is not the case here. And when I'm praying for my kids, that's how I feel. I feel like I could be a great success in everywhere in life and have nothing if my children are not one with God. So I'm praying for my children, which is the highest care of my heart is my family um, in, in the natural, right? And so as I pray, begin to pray for that, I feel like my prayers are like, 
I can't explain it any other way except for like, okay, it's like the cotton in the air. And you're like, go on, go to heaven, go, go, go. <laughs> like, come on, come on. They were like, just kind of like, and I'm like, okay. So then I'm praying for Hannah, praying for Samuel, praying for Esther. But it felt like, God, are we, okay, have you reviewed the collaboration? Did you accept the collaboration? Like, are we together right now? Or am I just supposed to go back to bed? Because I did what you asked me to do. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. So I love the prayers that feel like God and I are nose to nose. You know, like it's like, oh yeah, we're so like, boom, boom, boom. I'll give you an example of that and I'll come back around to this because I'm going to loop this up with this dream. But I, I work with, in one of our businesses, I work with somebody who is 25 years friends with Lou Engle. When everybody was coming to us saying, Jenny, you've got to get Lou Engle her voice. Like you have got, he has got to know about the prophecy, about everything going on. Cause he's prophesied that like Lou Engle has to know. I knew that my really good friends knew him and could call him. And the Lord told me, don't touch it. Don't do it. So I'm like, okay. So when people are coming to me, I'm like, hey, God will have to tell Elijah that he needs to be here. You know, like this guy is not going to come to Crestview based on his besties telling him to come. I just know this about this man, right? I don't know him personally at that time. And so I'm in, in bed one night and I'm thinking about this. And I just said, and I rolled the covers over. I just remember vividly, I rolled the covers over and I just said, and I felt nose to nose with God on this. And it was God. If you want your son, Lou Engle, to be here for her voice, let him know. Good night. And that was a prayer that didn't feel floaty. It just felt submitted, surrendered, and here you go. It was very, it was very, like, we were good. But this other night, when I'm praying for my kids, it was like, okay, like, like, could I just FedEx this? Like, how do I package this? How do I make sure it gets there? Right. And so that was that, but God just said, you know, yep. Keep praying. Keep praying. I could feel him just telling me, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, keep on praying. And then when I felt like that, the prayer time was over, I went back to bed, had a dream. This is the dream I want to tell you about. So in the dream, I know that God, that God is showing me what just happened in my prayer time. And my prayers, he's showing me, Jenny, I want to show you what just happened. And he shows me my prayers are like that. They're like in the dream. They're doing what I felt they were doing. Okay. And they were just kind of floating around. But one by one, they crossed a threshold. They didn't even think of a threshold. From the natural my voice, right? Because our voice has frequency. So we're actually sending energy and vibration, right? And that was like this. But as soon as it crossed a supernatural threshold, these little floaty, unpredictable, very airy, doesn't even have power, crossed a threshold and went boom. Boom, 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 boom one by one. And I was like, whoa. They took on a completely different form. And the thing that I remember the most about the dream is that what was so airy, like think of the cotton in the air. That's the only way I can explain it. What was so airy and looked like, I'm not sure that's making it to heaven. I'm not sure that's making it to the throne of God. Like, you know, what looked so airy became weighty. It was like cinder blocks. When they passed, that's what I remember thinking, are these cinder blocks flying through outer space, like but heaven space? And they changed into these weighty, like missiles. I was so encouraged. I was laughing in my dream. I was like, yes, thank you, God. Thank you, God. And you know what I thought about? I thought about, I wonder if there are more people like me who have the things that they really care about, and these things are usually people, 
right? Usually people, but maybe it's even a financial devastation. Maybe you've been completely traumatized through a financial collapse. And so you're trying to pray in, you know, from being traumatized and, and the grief involved in that, any type of loss is, is, is very fragile, right? So we're praying and maybe you feel like those fragile prayers are like, well, and then, and then I'm thinking, man, if we don't know what happens when they cross the threshold, we'll probably just not pray much about those things because it feels like, what's the use? I'm just throwing cotton in the air. This is landing back on the ground. So I feel like God exposed the enemy. I feel like he exposed the enemy. So I want to pray right now in Jesus name. Let's just pray right now. Father God, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you have given us the ability to put before you things that matter to us, people that matter to us, careers that matter to us, creativity, inventions, strategies, business, family, hearts, relationships. God, people in our life that are struggling with addictions, that are struggling with mental illness, God. In fact, there is somebody in here who's struggling with mental illness and there's a lot of people who have family members struggling with mental illness. And the enemy has even told you, you are crazy. You are losing your mind. In another 10 years from now, you are not even gonna be able to put two thoughts together. You are gonna lose the people that love you. You're gonna lose your community and your family because you are mentally ill. I'm hearing that from the enemy. So what we do is we don't panic, we don't worry, we don't agree with that. But what we say, God, is that you have, and here's the prayer, you have given us a sound mind. A sound mind. I have the mind of Christ, say that out loud. And there it goes. There it goes. I don't know when it crosses the threshold, but I tell you what, it does. I don't know if it crossed the threshold just now. I don't know if it crosses the threshold at 5 p.m. tonight. I don't understand that. I don't get it. But guess what? It crosses the threshold. It crosses over. It crosses over. And God considers that weight. It is gold. It is a missile. It is a weapon. Right now, let's just spend 60 seconds. I don't want you to worry about the person on the left or the right of you, but I just want you to, you're gonna have to use your mouth because that is the frequency. God has put a power inside of you. And I want you, you can, you can shut your eyes if it's easier to focus. And I just want you to begin to put those things out there in the air. Maybe it's gonna feel like a missile out of your mouth. Maybe it's gonna feel like cotton, but I want you to just put it out there. Put it out there. God, I surrender to you. I surrender my daughter to you. I give her to you, God. I ask you, Lord, to shoot her into a place where your love wraps her up, heals her, defines her, secures her, and directs her. Whatever it is, these are prophetic prayers. These are prayers that are just coming to us. If the word of God comes to you and you want to say that out loud over somebody, over a situation, do that as well. 60 seconds. Amen. Amen. Never think that one minute of prayer is not enough. The prayer square, we can send you guys the link over text because I think that that 
for people that are like, I just need to get super intentional. I need to get, I need, I, I need like just some solid, simple direction in prayer. That's okay. I mean, people that have been Christians for a very, very long time, oftentimes need renewed in their prayer life. That's a normal thing. So we'll send you the link for that. It's a workshop. It shows you, you know, I, I walk through the teaching of prayer. I walk through a lot of things there, but it's 20 minutes of prayer a day because it's five minutes on each side of the square. But you know what? Start with one minute. If 20 is too much, one, two, three, four minutes. You know what? Four minutes is more than zero. And four minutes of prayer can change your life. My little Lou Engle dream um, prayer <clears throat> was 12 seconds, 10 seconds max. And the next day is when he reached out to somebody completely removed that ended up connecting. It was the very next day. And that was a 10 second prayer. So let's not quantify this like Americans do. Let's not look at this through, through this lens of this human lens. Prayer is supernatural. It's a supernatural collaboration. You know, I, I want to encourage you. Um, I went and got my hair done the other day. And this, this gal that does my hair, it works out really well because she is just a doer and she's pretty quiet. So I get to get work done. That's usually how it works, okay? And I'm not like Ben, who's like, what you do and how you do, you know? I will do that if God tells me to. I, I, at times I'm like, oh, I wish I had that thing. I wish I had more of that. But mostly she's perfectly happy, happy being quiet and I'm perfectly happy getting work done on my phone and getting stuff accomplished, right? But I had been up in the middle of the night for prayer. And the Lord told me in prayer that night, he said, I want you to um, pray for yourself, Jenny, to not protect yourself from the people you love or strangers or anybody. Just don't protect yourself. And so when I was going to this hair appointment, I just heard him say, don't protect that time. I want you to give that time to her, even though she's perfectly fine you not talking to her. I just felt it, you know? And he was like, I want you to put your phone down and just let that time be for her. Well, she ended up telling me a story about her sister. She said, I'm so worried. Now, this is the first time she's really opened up about anything after me being there several times. I'm really worried because my sister today is moving to Las Vegas with a guy she met on an app. And she tells me the situation and I'm, I'm, I know it's trafficking. And I said, well, that sounds, that sounds bad. I didn't give her like the Christian, like, you know, I was like, that actually sounds bad. And she goes, I'm so worried right now. I'm trying not to freak out. And I said, well, you know what we're going to do is we're going to pray. And I asked a few more questions, basically found out that this like escaping this, this pattern of escaping and running and the thing that was actually happening was a generational curse. And so we got to pray. We broke generational curses. Well, she, she's all up in my hair. Generational curses. But you know, I told her the story of what I just told you about the dream, about the prayers. And um, she's a Christian, but doesn't understand the power yet that she holds. So I told her this story about prayer. I told her my testimony, told her Ben's testimony, just started telling stories. And she texts me afterwards. And she said, I had to write this down. But what I realized was I have power in prayer. I mean, she got it. She got it. And I told her, I said, that's the key. You pray for your sister. You pray. And, I, and when I prayed, you guys, I wasn't like, God, comfort her while she's in Las Vegas and just kind of get her home. No, I, when you pray for people, especially that have never seen powerful Christianity, you, you got to pray. You got to pray, pray. They need to see what that's like, right? And so I said, okay, so I just warned her. I said, I'm going to pray the misery prayer. I'm going to pray when she gets there. She goes, I'm miserable. What am I doing? I'm going home right now. And she's going to get on an airplane. She's going to come back home. And then I prayed that I said, Lord, if this is a sex trafficking situation, I pray that that man goes impotent. She was like, and I said, no, I'm serious. 
and then says, whoa, you're, you're bad, you're bad luck or whatever he's going to call it. And he sends her home. I got to get rid of you. I got to, you got to go, you got to leave and then give him everything back and have him find you and her. And it ended with both of them that the Lord would get, would run after them for his glory and that they would be saved, healed and delivered you know, and it impacted her because I wasn't fooling around. I was collaborating with heaven. I wasn't just like, oh, this is what Christians do. We just put these fluffy little, you know, fragrant prayers out there. No, we're going to get something done in the heavenlies. And, and you know what? That girl opened up. She was bawling. I hugged her and she didn't even, she was like, what has happened? You know? And I just said, it is an honor to pray for you. And I will continue to pray for you. I'm putting you on my list to pray for. And I said, God is powerful and you're powerful too. Isn't it awesome that we get to pass this on to people? And I don't know if she'll ever make it to this church or a church. I hope she does. But you know what? I can't wait for her to come to a Sunday service to bring, to bring God, right? We are the church. So we're bringing it everywhere we go. But I had to get in a place where I wouldn't protect my time or my heart or my mind or my energy. And that's not always easy for me. But um, with God's help, with God's help, he's helped me do that. So we love you guys. Last words, Pastor Ben. Not your very last. Yeah, my last will and testament to you. Um, Luke 18, verse 1, Jesus, he told his disciples a story to show how they should always pray and never give up. Says there was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people. It's not a good judge, friends. I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But he says, but when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? So he asks the question and ties faith in with praying and knocking. Matthew 7 says that when we knock, the door is open. When we seek, when we find. Let's just read that really quick and then we're going to be done. Are you encouraged by this? Are you encouraged that your prayers aren't just going up and floating around, but they're, they're hitting the mark? And listen, just because we don't see something right now does not mean something is not happening. I think about God's instructions to Abraham to take his son Isaac up to sacrifice him. He just obeyed. He did not see. He did not see where the provision was coming from. The entire time I, I have this in my mind, I see it going up Mount Moriah. And, and he's, as he's going up, and he's trusting God, and on the other side, God has miraculously sent a ram. But he can't see it the entire time until the last second, to the last minute, when the knife is back and is ready to plunge and to take his own son. The angel stops him. He looks up. He sees the, a ram caught in the thickets. And I just think to myself, how many situations are we in right now where it just looks pretty bleak? It, people look too far gone. But we keep contending. We keep praying, knowing that our prayers, when they hit that threshold, are whatever noise you made. It was similar. I was trying to match the same noise. But they take on the form of a missile to accomplish what, listen, the Bible says to delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord and he gives us the desires of our heart. Matthew chapter seven, then we're done. If you want to stay around for baptism, you can. 
says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find it. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? Are you encouraged this morning? Yeah. Let's go after those things. Let's contend for the things, the desires in our heart, the dreams in our heart. And, you know, we said, we talked about saying yes. Last week we talked about saying yes to those things that God's asking us to do. And the power of the yes. It's tied with prayer. It's hand in hand with prayer. It's hand in hand with prayer. Bible says that when we don't know what to pray, when we don't know what to pray, that we can pray in the spirit. It says this, it says, it says it somewhere, Romans eight twenty six. Likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself, the spirit himself intercedes with us with groanings too deep for words. Paul said, Paul said, I pray in the spirit and I pray in my understanding. Listen, there's like, have you ever just felt like there's just too much to pray for? Like you see another need and you're like, well, that's going to my list. That's going to my list. And you're, it's just like overwhelming. And then you find, I find myself just going like, Lord, help the world. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to pray for today. There's so much. Help the world. And we start praying in the spirit. And then the Lord starts showing us where to fire those missiles, where, where to send those things, what to pray for what to strategically pray for. Let's all stand. Thanks for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. To find out more, visit thecollectivechurch.com.